So robots. <laughs> God damn it. That was I don't know why that was so fucking demoralizing to go through. The the what was it? the the rest the, the the information I sent out. I think the fact that it I finished with that woman. Oh yeah. Like, that was the last thing I watched. I just, she was just annoying the fuck out of me. Okay. So let's talk about sex, right? Let's talk about the future of sex. It takes a lot for me to not like to dislike an Australian. I will just say that. They are usually such chillers, but wow, she was so <laughs> That was yeah. awful. Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca, with co-host, teacher in socialist Andy Lipson, uh, teacher and writer Jessica, and community organizing socialist Kenny Cepeda. We're online at what-s-left.webno.com. You can find the link to our blog in the episode notes. Uh, I invite folks to subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, share your favorite episodes, and jot down our information where you found this episode. Uh, you can always leave us comments in the in the episode notes in the in the episode uh, section comment section below. Thank you. So this is part three of a series that we're doing on uh, sex work, on the sex industry, and uh, the future of sex, as well as uh, AI and everything in between. As I report here from Colombia, and we've had amazing conversations. Last week we had a discussion around. Uh, sex, class, and shame. And it was the three of us that discussed that. So maybe since we didn't have Kenny on last, and I know that there was a sparked conversation from the part one, maybe then we can have Kenny respond to uh, a question that was of an inquiry that we had on part one, and then part two we further discussed. So maybe Kenny can then answer that. And if I remember correctly, if I'm going to frame this question, the question is, uh, uh, around whether sex work is distinct in its nature versus other forms of work. Yeah, I think that's what sparked the conversation, right? Because um, I made a comment about McDonald's and sex work. And I feel like I, even in the first episode, I try to clarify that, you know, not that I don't care. It's just for me, it's about finding the commonality in these issues, um, you know, in exploitation, in the predatory forces in society. And, you know, I just felt the need that I needed to clarify myself again, because uh, it also steered a bunch of things, because um, um, in that last episode, you guys, uh, you brought it up, Eduardo, uh, this comparison that I made in the first uh, episode, and it stirred a lot, a lot of things in me, because um, one, I felt like I wasn't clear enough, you know, with my, but at the same time, you know, it's like, that's part of doing this right like you will say things and what I did appreciate was you know how you gave me the um, benefit of the doubt you know in terms of what I meant you know and what I am about and you know but that episode was uh, emotionally um, I guess uh, it was very emotional because uh, it provoked a lot of ideas a lot of thoughts because uh, I did I was worried that I was going to be misunderstood, you know, as a person who like doesn't care and like, you know, but and at the same time, it brought me back to the COVID stuff because a lot of people who I organized with, who I did a lot of work with, didn't give me 
that chance that you did, that the the, the the space that you said, you know, like I know Kenny, I know what Kenny's about. Um, and so that made me emotional because to me, you know, like I, I do this out of care. I do, you know, the work I've done, I do it out of love. And, and it just, um, <clears throat> you know, it's still like a sensitive area for me to be canceled potentially or just uh, labeled as this person, you know. Uh, but, you know, I also just appreciated the honesty that you guys had in that episode. You know, I think it was, it, it's not easy to talk about these things, uh, even among us, you know, because um, it is very sensitive things. We have different degrees of tolerance, different different degrees of comfort around sex, you know, and, and this is a very sensitive topic because there's something very intimate, right? Like the people keep um, to themselves generally or the very close people that they trust. But um, I mean, I guess that's, that's kind of the gist of it. I don't, I'm not, I think Lipson did a pretty good job of kind of explaining kind of what I meant, although he wasn't trying to explain myself. But it, it was more, for me, it's about finding the commonalities uh, because for me, like, this is a conversation about sa safety, self-determination, about freedom, you know, and fighting all the predatory forces in society and creating a society that affords people the safety, you know, that we all deserve to determine their own lives, you know, and, and, and live it as, as best as they can. And so... That's it, I guess, you know, I think there was so much cover that I don't know if I can pick and reopen another uh, rabbit hole, but I guess that's all I would say. First off, Kenny, I'm really glad you brought it up. Um, I'm glad you brought up the McDonald's thing because where you went was exactly what, where it, it, it helped me go where I needed to go in order to find where I'm at with this subject. Um, because it really is, it, I find it very helpful to say, how does the demeaning area of this work relate to the other other areas of demeaning areas of work? But but what's even more important, I think, Kenny, is to bring up the the, the threat of cancellation. The I I think I can understand how like because you you've just been through rounds of being exiled from communities, how that fear could come up even among us, right? Because you're hearing that oh I might have said something that somebody misheard now the dominoes fall in this way. And before you know it, I'm out, you know? So I appreciate you saying that. And, and I, and I'm glad that I do. I'm glad you are saying, Hey, Eduardo, thanks for, you know, giving me, giving me the benefit of the doubt. I was going to ask you, Kenny, um, if you, if you felt like you needed to further expand on your comments from part one, or you felt as if Andy sort of already covered what you wanted to say. You don't have to expand anything. I'm just asking because I thought there might be, there might just be that if you wanted to, but if you feel like there's nothing more to say, then there's nothing more to say. I mean, I think, again, what I brought up right now is what I wanted to say is because I did feel a little vulnerable in the sense because I wasn't in that space to clarify yeah. in the moment. And, and honestly, like backtracking would take us having that conversation again, because there are areas where I would challenge some stuff, you know, uh, but I wasn't in the moment, you know, uh, in, you know, like as much as I don't edit stuff, you know, on the show, yeah, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was in a moment that you've been previously where something I felt was mischaracterizing me or potentially mischaracterizing me. But at the same time, I'm like, 
well, the people who know what I'm about, they know what I'm about, you know, and 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 they will see hopefully uh, coherence in my ideas, even if they agree, disagree with me. Uh, you know, like I, I tried to clarify it in the first episode that I wasn't saying that I don't care about sex or that I don't think is damaging, you know, or that I'm just diminishing and simplifying it. Oh, my point is that I'm about what the common goals are because if we, we, we go and everyone, like, again, if you play Operation Olympics, that's the biggest fear I have, that if we go that road, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't go anywhere. It goes in a circle. You know, and, and because uh, people go through different levels of trauma in so many ways. And also no group is a monolith. You know, all women are not a monolith. All men are not a monolith. You know, and, and, and there is class, you know, like not all women, for example, face the same levels of oppression. You know, like a, a person from like a rural area in Central America doesn't face the same oppression as a fucking, you know, Kamala Harris. You know, like, and, and, and all these things get complicated. So. That's what I'm concerned about, you know, like going down this rabbit hole that like skirts around identity politics, you know, that's all I would say, you know, and that's, that was kind of the point I wanted to make, you know, about uh, that. And, and I think we have to be careful. Otherwise, it's just finger pointing, shaming. And for example, even just using this idea of, oh man, you know, it's like, then, then we're just blaming people for being born. <laughs> you know, and being born a certain way. And then, and then we go back in a full circle into this, and I think we're gonna talk about it, you know, changing your identity, changing who you are, who you were born into this world, you know, because uh, there is shame in it. And, and, and so I think there is, uh, I'm, I'm just very like cautious and sensitive to that. And, and not only because of the political implications, but because of the personal attacks I've, I've received as just existing in certain spaces just for being a man without even ha opening my mouth ever, you know, and that's not, a, that's not a, a solution for anybody because even good men will find, will resist, you know, any sort of censorship, any, any good allies or whatever you want to call them of any group will resist, you know, uh, and, and so then we fall back into sectarian, you know, politics of identity. And so that's that's what I'm concerned about. I just, just wanted to say just really briefly, well, actually, first of all, I was looking off because there's the cutest baby deer in my driveway. So I was listening. I just, <laughs> just want to let people know. Um, but no, I just on the like the thing about the sort of COVID social being like so socially outcasted. Um, I was actually having a conversation the other day about um, just like kind of how raw the wounds still are uh, for me. And I mean, in some ways I feel like this stuff has been going on so long that a lot of us kind of feel like there's there's some distance from that like first year where it was like, if you spoke out, you know, I know all of us had like personal and professional friends and acquaintances and family and stuff like cut us off to certain degrees. And I mean, it was kind of a long time ago, but it, yeah, like it is, in a lot of ways, like for me as well, like still raw. And that thing that you said about um, like the, giving someone the benefit of the doubt, or at least like being willing to have a conversation. And obviously you weren't here last week, Kenita, like continue that conversation. And I'm glad you're back this week. But yeah, I just, it made me think too about like, 
I think part of what was so hurtful about some of those social situations was like people cutting me off for like one Facebook post, right? And just like interpreting it the way they interpreted it, despite the fact that they'd known me for years, maybe decades, or like, you know, hearing something from someone who heard something from someone and just like, like not even asked, like not even having a conversation. Um, so I, yeah, I it just kind of brought that back. And I don't know, I feel like a lot of us, there's a lot of sort of pressure almost, I feel like in our, some of our like anti-mandate, communities to at this point kind of just be like yep I lost those relationships and that sucked but now I'm good and now I've forged these new better relationships and now I'm on this better path and to some extent I think that's true for some of us but I don't know like it takes a long time to really heal from some of those times so anyway I don't want to go on too long because I want to get to our main content but just wanted to say that all right. Well, I don't have any else further to say. Thanks, Katie, for clarifying. And uh, Andy, did you have anything else to say or not? I do want to say this to people who, because we've been kind of going down this. So we've actually had a number of people follow us down this journey, episode one, part one, part two, and I hope part three, we've actually had a number of people view it. I, I thought these episodes might, I did think, Eduardo, that your story was going to have people watch it because they care about you, but I wasn't sure how much people would watch our second part. Um, but I, I, I am grateful to our, an audience that kind of walks with us through this. Cause this isn't really in many ways that that's not where things are at. I was thinking about the New York PSA on, on New York having a nuclear bomb. I've been thinking about Ukraine. I've been thinking about the global, the global warming lockdowns, the CNN is threatening to put on everyone. Um, you know, like there's a lot of things going on. So we're kind of going into this area, which we are now going to find is very connected to the crap that's going on, even if you didn't think of it was before. Um, so I appreciate that our audience is kind of just wandering with us as we kind of go through these other things. And hopefully Some they'll... people shared really personal stories in the comments, which was really cool, like just that there's that kind of trust and intimacy in this space, even though it's online and public and pseudo anonymous <laughs> yeah yeah i agree so that's it all right well i guess i i mean any of you can help me steer this ship where we're heading i don't i don't know we've been all kind of handling this steering wheel i i i think we'll i guess we can start off with how we've been kind of this is the climatic point of where i think uh the fears of where our future is heading to is um, an episode where we'll be discussing some of the real stuff that are happening in like science fiction and films and, you know, TV shows. I, I, uh, I sent you all a document with some real life examples of, of stuff of, of companies uh, working in different areas of this industry of sex tech. And this is a thirty billion dollar industry. Like it's as you said, Jess. What did you say? It's like even more than what the drone industry is that? Well, I was just quoting that crazy Australian lady, but yeah, she said that it's either it's worth more than the drone industry, or it's projected to be worth more than the drone industry. Like very soon, I forget. Yeah, yeah. I'm Bryony Cole. I run Future of Sex, which is a podcast event series and now a global hackathon encouraging more people to get involved in sex tech, so the evolving worlds of sex and tech. The reason why I think it's so important people get involved in sex tech is A, of 
course everyone has sex and that's how we all got here, but also the industry potential is huge. You know, some people predict it's worth $20 billion by 2020. So, I mean, I, I sent you all these, this, an image that I hope Andy will be able to share. For you want me to put it on there right now? Uh, yeah, if you want to, yeah. Okay. And apparently, the, this industry is even bigger than the music industry too. Like, uh, oh lord, in terms of value, yeah. Wow. So if, yeah, you. So in this image that we're seeing here, um, for our listeners, if they could just take a moment and take off their headsets and stop washing dishes and look over at this poster, they could then see like there's a lot that's going on here. I, I'm just I was so engrossed in in just many videos and as well as looking up stuff that I hope that we can share here. But there's an area, there's, a, there's the artificial intelligence area, which has to do with robots, right? Like, I think that's what most people think of the future, which has to do with uh, folks try, buying an actual doll. And there are, if, if anyone watches uh, one of the leading uh, uh, experts on the sex tech, which her name is, I put down, Byroni Cole, uh, and she has a website called The Future of Sex. She talks about how there's even AI robots that have 12 different personalities. And then from there, we're going down to from augmented reality, which has to do with chips, neural, well, that's still in the works, neural headsets and vibrating uh, like penis implants. Then there's virtual reality with avatars and VR porn. And uh, and supposedly some of like some of the companies that are are using uh, technology to improve sex and allow for holographic VR porn or also for sex education in like a virtual reality space. Then there's remote sex, which, you know, I think most people's initial has initiation on that has to do with uh, anything from like Skype or FaceTime, losing your virginity kind of sex, which is a huge number of uh, uh, teenagers are losing their virginity that way, FaceTime sex. And also which has to do with webcam shows, uh, which I hope that I can talk about a little bit. Then there's the immersive enter, uh, entertainment, which has to do with it, like the haptic suits and uh, goggles and all of the like sort of movement that you do with uh, with uh, uh, devices that are hooked up to you. Yeah. So, I mean, if you will look at the, for now, um, the, the areas of the future of sex, I'm amazed by what people's mind can get to like i don't know if anyone wants to have any comments on what i just mentioned because it's 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 freaky in the sense that it's it's here and it's developing really fast so i i'm not sure if anything stood out from what i shared or if you <clears> want to comment on it yeah here's my recommendation and i'll start and i just think people there's so much in here in these areas of virtual sex remote sex robots immersive entertainment augmentation what this woman was showing in the future of sex landscape. Like I would invite Jessica and Kenny just to pick one area out. Like I'm looking at the robots and here's the one I'm seeing, former lover doppelgangers. So what does that mean? That means what, first off, they're trying to help a person heal. I guess the idea is help a person heal by building a robot that looks like your former lover, that acts like your former lover, lover, which really just means that you have to develop, you have to collect data on your former lover and make that former lover as accurate as possible through a virtual twin. You know, I mean, again, it just looks to me like so many of these things, 
and we'll get more into this because for me, this has nothing to do with sex. This has everything to do with surveillance. But the that is just one I look at, one area I look at, which is going to be sold as healing, but which is actually about collecting all your data and making it so that everyone has their best virtual self, if you will, collected so that some person can get the virtual lover doppelganger made. Doppelganger is basically, uh, if you didn't know, uh, like a person, it, it's a it's a creature which acts and and speaks and behaves like somebody else and like an exact replica. I mean, I think for me, I'll 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 pick the 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 remote uh, the remote uh, intercourse one uh, for for me if if we're going to pick out one of these. Uh, but I'll comment on on what you're saying on AI. I I mean I. I understand that there are there are people. I was listening to that woman, uh, Byroni Cole, about folks needing to sort of maybe people who have PTSD or people who are isolated or people who want to have sort of an AI, uh, you know, seeming seemingly real robot with them to heal them. I I think that. The problem with that is that I don't that that percentage is so small that most people are going to be using this for 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 the not developing the social skills that they need to be able to to go and meet real people in the real world and to also deal with the fact that you know SEX is complicated you know things are complicated there there's a lot of interactions and you have to be able to deal with uh, the the complexities of what it's like to be interacting with another human being i i don't i don't i know that there are issues with it and that's why if we look at like traditional uh, like ways of dealing with that in indigenous ways you had people who consult you consulted with in in your community and uh people in your community would help you deal with those issues and they would give you either plans to deal with that like if you had any sort of uh physical uh impotence or if you had psychological issues you'd have like counselors in your community like elders and i think like mental health is really important in our community in our society and that's not being addressed i don't think that we can fix these issues through more ai or more like alternative uh uh well in this case robots I, that's just my opinion like it's just amazing how we don't really get to the root of the issue, which is our psyche and our psychology. Instead, we're trying to fit, find ways to make, and I really do think that this, because this, I'm, I'm cynical about this, where people are really using uh, people's intimacy issues to make profits. That's what this is for me. Just, But just to be clear, former lover doppelganger means that if Brandy breaks up with me, that I need to get a company that can collect as much data as they can on Brandy and, and create something that looks and acts like brandy. That's what a doppelganger is. It's not like actually a healing mechanism. It is literally a, a, a company which is saying, our product is finding, is making an, an a, as good a replica of your mate and helping you heal from that. Well, yeah. I, I will, I do just wanna add, I mean, just the whole mental health and like inclusion thing, which I think one of the videos uh, made that point, Eduardo, one of the things that you sent, I forget which one about how like the first frontier of this in terms of how it's going to be sold or how it is being sold is through 
like for mental health or related stuff. Um, but I mean, I, I have heard on many occasions, um, like, uh, when people want to justify like the porn industry or prostitution, the sex industry, all of it, um, oftentimes like the disabled, right. will be invoked as like, well, you know, there are people who need this and rely on it. Um, so I don't, I don't know, like it doesn't seem that much of a jump from just in terms of the framing. And I think, um, I guess, well, I don't know which one to pick here to kind of relate. There's so many, but um, okay, let, like I'll pick under augmentation. I'll pick, um, God, like any of these. Orgasm amp amplification. Um, just kind of related to what you were saying, Eduardo, in terms of like selling this. Um, like one of the things that really strikes me, and I think there was, I think it was the Australian lady um, who said like, you know, she was kind of being challenged in one of the, you know, one of the audience questions um, just about the broader effects on society and people's, not just their mental health, but like their sexual health and their intimacy with the actual people in their life. And she was like, it's up to us to decide if this is what we want as a society, which I don't know, that just stood out to me because I don't, I don't think it is. Like, I don't think that any of this is being left up to us to decide. Like they create markets. They make these products, right? And then they shove the technology down our throats. They get people addicted to it. They've already like, they already have all the precedents, all the research, right? Like with the porn industry and related industries, you know, it's in a way like it's, it's the opioid crisis. It's the vaccine passports. Like they, it's not up to us, you know, like the ruling class never asks permission. It's such a lie. And so just in terms of like, like selling a product, um, like orgasm augmentation, right? Like it's such a capitalist, uh, even just the wording, right? And like so much of this industry, like looking at all the materials that you sent Eduardo, like it's, everything is like enhanced, enhanced sexual lives, uh, augmentation for pleasure, enhanced intimacy. Um, it's always just like more, 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 like gotta have more org orgasms, gotta have amplified orgasms, got like everything it's just like more which is such a you know it's just it's just like capitalism right it's like nothing's ever enough I mean it makes me wonder if a lot of the people who are either funding this or sort of like the, the people the, the small small minority well I don't know how much of a minority it is like in the beginning when they start to like, they must have focus groups right and trials of some sort but I just wonder like have any of these people ever actually experienced intimacy? Like, have they ever actually experienced real pleasure? Because to me, it's just, I don't know, like it sounds old fashioned and it's probably like right wing now, but it's like just regular sex, like with a, another human being, like 
under the right circumstances, right, with the right person is like one of the most incredible human experiences available to us, right? Like same thing with it. Like, I don't know what an what an orgasm amplification tool, like, like is it not good enough? Like it's one of like the deepest pleasures, right? Um, again, like under the right circumstances, I understand like so much of this stuff has been just twisted and both psychologically and then oftentimes physically. And so many of us have dealt with so much trauma in our lives that it comes to be associated for some people with pain and humiliation and all of those things that we were talking about last week. Um, but it's just, I don't know, like just the, the selling of it. Um, and there's actually, I think it's Jonah Mix, who's like a anti-porn, male anti-porn advocate. Um, I remember reading something he wrote that talks about um, how porn is an orgasm delivery mechanism or something to that effect. Um, which is basically saying like, it's a product, right? So it's not even just like the, the tools and the apps and the toys and all of this, but it's like the actual experience itself becomes a product. And I think that's like one of the most horrifying things to me about that particular one under the augmentation section. I just, I just want to add, you know, I think it's very interesting that you bring up this, um, you know, the language that they use to sell us this stuff, right? It's, it's not, to me, it's not that different than, you know, the whole vaccine narrative. It's not different than bringing democracy and freedom to other countries. You know, it, 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 it's like, uh, it's not different than, you know, like, I guess what Jake talked about how eugenics has been rebranded, right? In order to advance like synthetic mRNA bullshit to help people, uh, you know? And so I think the, uh, yeah, you know, it's tools of shoving shit down our throats without us uh, in mass realizing that it's just not a, about freedom or, or about a healthy lifestyle, you know, and, 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 and having self-determination in, in what we consider healthy for ourselves. Um, this is a, what you've mentioned before, Jessica, market shaping, you know, um, uh, I actually, I wanted to pick uh, on remote sex, uh, full body telepresence. Um, you know, for me, that one stands out because, you know, like, again, it, it's just, it also, I also related to the narrative on, on uh, you know, the issues with uh, quote unquote, uh, climate change, right? that is up to the individual that, you know, we have to be individually responsible for certain things, even though they're shoving a lot of shit down our throats that we really don't have a choice of. Um, and so full body telepresence, that tells me that, you know, they're, they're trying to reach a gap of why the fuck are we not in person? <laughs> you know, why the hell are we not, you know, and, and forget just COVID, you know, why the hell do people have to travel to go to work, you know, so far, why do they have to spend so many hours away from their loved ones? You know, that was the way they sold FaceTime, you know, fucking Facebook or whatever the fuck, you know, Apple, whatever, you know, so you can con stay connected with, you know, but, you know, they put us in these very strenuous situations, this system and the entire system puts us in these strenuous situations. And they're, they're selling us this idea that all these, you know, uh, technologies are going to solve the issues of intimacy, you know, and all the problems that the lack of int intimacy create. You know, and by intimacy, I don't just mean sexual intimacy, which is very profoundly important, 
but I mean int intimacy with friends, with family, with community, you know, in, in this society in itself, you know, the, 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 the ways we're being pushed more isolated is gonna create, and they anticipate this industry, they, they know it's gonna happen because Japan is a very a, a good example actually, where, you know, with, with there is a lot of, um, well, how, why would, how would I put it? There's a lot of issues with intimacy <laughs> in terms of individuals, uh, adult, adults, you know, and so technology for years, this is not new. Japan has a long history uh, of, of technology mediating uh, intimacy uh, or, or filling that gap that, 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 you know, a highly, a very strict, highly capitalistic society. And the irony is that Japan also has very deep culture, right? But, uh, but, but it has broken a lot of social relationships. And I do think it hints a little bit as to where we're heading, you know, and, and no wonder that, you know, like in that video that you sent us, Eduardo, that woman from Australia, right? Um, that uh, they were talking about this, um, the hologram, right? Was it a hologram? In a, it was Gatebox. Gatebox, yes, All right? And, 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 and replacing, you know, uh, you know, the actual thing, right? Like actually being present with someone, which I, I don't think, I don't think enough fucking data or science can absolutely uh, replicate what it feels like to be in person. Not fucking FaceTime, you know, not, 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 not Zoom, can replicate and replace because there are so many things that, that, you know, that we take in as humans, right? And we were designed for that or evolved for thousands of years and they pretend to solve this and, and again, it's just it's just disgusting as to you know people who are trying to profit uh, are uh, and send their sales pitch people right to 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 sell us bullshit in order to pretend like they care about our intimacy when in reality a lot of this shit is just gonna create more problems and more markets for them you know and and and, and to me again it goes back like that's why I call myself a communist. Not because of Stalin, Russia, or that bullshit, but because you have to be in community. It's fundamentally important for you as a human, you know, to have a community around you because that's what we, we, we that's what we evolved to do, you know, <laughs> and, and, and to have a healthy life or relatively healthy life. It's not perfect, but that's the other thing, right? Like they want to, they sell us these ideas of um, perfecting things or having control of things. You know, uh, in when in reality is the complete opposite. We are going to lose more of ourselves, right? Our humanity, literally, who we, we are, by giving our data, giving our control, giving our money, giving our time to all these mediators of intimacy. You know what's immersive? Life, <laughs> real life <laughs> is immersive. I just wanted mm -hmm. to say that. Well, let me take. Let me go here. So we've covered uh, what well, we've covered, like augmentation and, and robots, and, and and Kenny's talk about robot sex. I, you know, I if folks were going to share, I'm going to share some links. So if folks want to see some of this stuff, they can check out one of the videos I sent you all about virtual sex, which has to do like viral play space, and they're inventing uh, ways for anyone to sort of change their their gender or become avatars or have sex with animals or even other become a different person 
and they're becoming like this is a whole world that they're opening up and it's a little <laughs> it's strange but if anyone has seen one of the episodes on black mirror from the point of view like it was a story about like two guys playing a video game and then they had one became a woman and another became a guy character asian characters it, it's on this line of where where do we like it be like they they lost their their lives to this game and they could not have sexual intimacy with their partners and that's what i think this is going to do this is going to limit people experiencing the real world as we're talking about i i don't i don't see how this will improve people's intimacy when they're talking about like oh with your partner i if you look at the episode really people are really affected by it and as we already know i want to point out there is a there's already a billion dollar industry in the porn industry and people are already having issues this is what we already know like i i i um i i was going to mention uh that there's a like sexual attention deficit disorder where people are not able to perform and they need to have like the stimulated through visually through watching uh um through watching uh some sort of um show that's uh uh that's a uh um sexually gratifying right um and it's no longer focusing on themselves and how to improve themselves so i can i ask is that the, the black mirror episode i just wanted to add cuz i think it's part of this whole thing is isn't one of the characters when they like go into virtual reality they switch genders right yeah yeah, yeah. they talked about that in one of the i think it was the australian lady as well like another one of the things you can do right is to supposedly experience the opposite sex is sexual experiences, right? So it's like, I'm sure right. that the gender ideology and trans ideology industry is not gonna <laughs> like love that at all. No, it's, um, yeah, it's all kind of tied up and it's, especially for young people, right? Like so many people are already so confused about their orientation and feeling like their body is not, like they're in the wrong body or something, that there's something wrong with their body. And I just, yeah, you can totally see how going into VR and, you know, su supposedly experiencing what it's like to be a man or a woman or to have bigger breasts or a bigger penis or whatever, like every fetish under the sun would then yeah. deeply, deeply uh, exacerbate that problem of feeling like your actual body is somehow flawed or not enough. Yeah, yeah. And to add to the comment as well, to what Kenny's um the about um remote intercourse i i i heard her say constantly like this is the future like this is it we're all having different lives like our careers are going to separate us we're in long distance relationships this is it so she didn't say get used to it she just said these are the things that are going to uh help us get through that like maybe we should be discussing what other ways we can be more connected instead this is it like this is like she's the expert on this like this is it like as a matter of fact you know she's invested clearly and anyone who pushed her who pushed back because they there were people in the audience who were pushing back if you see at the end they're saying this is, isn't this going to affect this Kenny had brought up about japan's culture and 
isn't this going to affect like Asian countries where they're already having isolation issues or people who are already having issues around intimacy? And she's just like, well, the idea is for this to support and and to and to and to create technology that's going to eradicate that. That's not going to create that. I, I don't. That's not it. She's just giving some baloney answer, right? You know, Black Mirror sounds like this sci-fi, right? Scary, entertaining thing, but. Uh, in that episode that uh, Jessica and Eduardo were talking about, they um, they use this device that connected directly to the brain, right? And and this is the intentions of Neuralink, right? Elon Musk. Uh, this is also research that DARPA is doing, <laughs> you know, uh, to go directly into the brain. And so it sounds again far fetched, conspirational, whatever the hell, you know, to people who don't who think that this is too kooky, but. Uh, we're, you know, in the threshold of uh, a lot of this stuff um, becoming um, you just uh, uh, omnipresent, right? And and also, um, you know, like I, I think I've said it before, but like it doesn't uh, even if it doesn't fully materialize, just like this uh, each step forward, you know, in that direction causes uh, big ripples in society, not just society, but individuals and their mental health and their sense of self. You know, I think we're, we're already um, seeing some of the effects of that. Um, and, but I guess more technology, right? I mean, personally, I mean, I, first of all, Eduardo, I really appreciate you bringing the attention to all these links and we will include them in the description because people, you have to watch them yourself to, to really get the full appreciation. We're just we're just taking, we can't here convey all those, all the different, really for me, disgusting ways in which the fact that we are all so alienated in society is being capitalized on to deepen our alienation. And I personally think we're giving these people way too much credit to speak of it in this, in terms of, wait a second, this isn't going to make us, this isn't going to heal these wounds. Because look, when we talk about COVID, we know we cannot set, talk about health has nothing to do with health. It's about surveillance, data collection, developing AI, and, and, and conditioning humans for lockdown and control. Same with EdTech. And censorship. Censorship. And censorship. Well, it's, it's, but, but it's about control. It has nothing to do with, with health. Same with EdTech. has nothing to do with education. It's about control, data collection, AI production. It's about essentially replacing workers, education workers. We're replacing health workers. And you can see here now, None of this is about sex. None of this is about people being alienated in sex under capitalism because of gender roles or whatever, or because of abuse, because of all the pressures, whatever that is, cap capitalism has helped, all the problems it's helped create. This is not about even trying to solve them. This is about surveillance. This is about control. This is about conditioning people. And it's ultimately about collecting all the data that will allow all of all workers to be replaced. And in this case, they promise it with. There's another one on there, sex avatar workers, you know, so anybody who's doing webcaming right now is going to be replaced. And last, last, what, what this means is every one of our interactions, people, people providing a pleasure response, people receiving a pleasure response, all of that goes through the funnel of a data collected center, every one of it. And that's what this is so important because they are attempting to like, whether or not they can simulate humans, they're intending to do it. So when we say, oh, you can't do that, well, oh, give it, we're going to try. And we're not going to try to make you heal from sex. We're going to try because we're replacing every one of you motherfuckers because you cost more money just to, to exist. 
Now, I think that that in itself is going to create a crisis for capitalism that the capitalists won't be able to resolve because I believe profits comes from human labor. But that that doesn't stop them from saying that we must replace human labor with machinery because that is how profits are come by. That's what all this is about. It comes down to the same thing. And we, we I don't think we're making a mistake to even invite ourselves to put it in the lens through which she is putting the that jerk Australian. Her name is uh, Byron Briani Cole um, to even invite the idea that she is even attempting to address that. Now, is she a fourth industrial revolution, you know, Klaus Schwab person? No, I don't know. But she is right in line with that with that process, which is going to make the, the world much more dangerous place for workers everywhere. Well, and it's so disgusting, too, because she frames it through like, oh, like I didn't get like a good sexual education growing up. No shit. Right. Like I, like she's a woman. So she grew up being denied information about her body and being denied pleasure and all of this stuff. And yet, like she's framing so much of the stuff through like, oh, like it's women creating these devices and like I think she I think she has her own company or something so yeah she might not be on the level of Klaus Schwab but like she she has a uh serious right like personal investment in this entire industry um and it goes right along with like all of this framing is like it's inclusive it's feminist like oh my gosh like women are developing products so that they can um, get more pleasure right it's so progressive or we're going to target people who've experienced trauma or they're disabled or they're lonely like they need this companionship um and yeah like maybe it's not ideal but like what is she's just oh like it's not about whether it's like ideal it's about whether it's better than nothing right and it's like i mean my mind is like is it better than nothing like are you actually helping these people heal I don't think so. I think you're giving them totally false solutions, just like in every other area of our society. Like solar panels are not a solution to climate change, and yet that's what's being pushed on our throats. Vaccines are not a solution to people having really poor health, and yet that's what's pushed. That's what's framed as healthy. And then you have this whole world where it's like, oh, like women aren't having enough orgasms. They're not a, not enough women are able to orgasm. Um, so let's solve that through like porn or prostitution or some device. Um, people feel bad about it, about their bodies. So let's, uh, have, you know, let's encourage them to medically transition and chop off their breasts or have a cavity cut into them. Um, what was the one, uh, the, the female condom that she talked about with like, uh, rape, like the rape or hammer which or something. It's like a female condom with barbs coming out of it. This is their fucking solution to rape culture is a female condom with barbs coming out of it, you know, or like men, men having unprecedented rates of erectile dysfunction, right? In part because of how pervasive the porn industry is. The solution is not for them to just start having sex with only robots instead of people or like, oh, like people in sexless marriages this way, like they can experience sexual gratification. No, that's not like a sexless marriage plus tech is not the solution to a sexless marriage. Like it's all just like fake, fake, fake market-driven solutions. And it again brings me back to the whole arguments about climate change, quote unquote, because like it's all about more technology. It's never 
it's never let's never address the fucking people who are polluting and destroying the, the you know the building blocks of life and who want to quantify and profit off of it never mind that you know sexual dysfunction or whatever the fuck because i also have questions about the, those that kind of language honestly because there's also a market for that shit you know but never mind that people are fucking stressed out at each other's throats you know or like you know having all sorts of mental issues right prior to covid and now even worse you know never mind again the source of all this fucking misery that they, they pretend you know, misery destruction and pollution that they're trying to to correct or their their claim to want to correct you know there is no interest in that you know and and i actually think maybe we're being a little too kind on her i do think she's fucking in the same room as uh, as schwab you know because she knows all these fucking devices are sensors you know to collect our data like you said lives and to funnel it you know that's where the money is you know what i mean like any any capitalist who doesn't know this is it's a fucking chump you know, that's where the money is now. You know, it, it's about data mining every aspect of our lives, including our sexual habits, you know, and, and, and also selling us, right? Just like we talked about in the episode about health, selling us, you know, uh, the, the bullshit that we need to do in order to correct the shit that's wrong with us. So they tell us the problem and they also sell us a solution, you know, and, and so it's completely out of our hands. And that's, you know, and that's, that, that, that to me is like a wrap in terms of our humanity and, and you know, in the human experience, really, you know, and, and, and this is also very insidious because as problematic as sex is and dysfunctional and all that shit, you know, is still a very fundamental part of human, the human experience, I think, you know, and, 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 and weirdly, I, I think that there's other ideas that kind of prime us for this moment, you know, because they also brought up the whole issue of fucking uh, overpopulation. You fucking kidding me? She said you can have sex with a robot and you, and you will die and you will not procreate. You know what kind of maniac, right? Like does that kind of shit and, and says that kind of shit, and you know, and, and that, that is fucking just diabolical. You know well, that also to just throw in really fast the like vagina and I think one of the guys who asked a question in one of the panels yeah. brought this up but like because they have tried to institute like state controlled population control right like they have an over like they have a weird situation where they have like all these men and not enough women I mean not that everybody's obviously seeking a heterosexual partnership but that's like part of why you have all of these lonely men who feel like, oh my God, like I can't find a woman if that's what they want. Um, so you can already see like the way that that kind of like top-down population control feeds right into this shit. And so it's like such an intersection of things, you know, this topic that, you know, um, and it's just so insidious, right? Because it's just one more element of what makes us human. And, you know, because we talked about health, we talked about, uh, you know, bodily autonomy, we talked about psychology for kids and, uh, you know, and, and adults. And, and now we're talking about, you know, one of the most vulnerable places for, for most people, right? <laughs> Which is, you know, having sex with someone else, you know, and, and sharing that connection, you know, hopefully if you have a <laughs> relatively healthy, you know, uh, sexual experience.
if I may, I just wanted to um, quickly talk about as it relates to me being here in Colombia, uh, just a little bit, uh, because I'm still here. I'll be back in um, late this, well, late this summer, uh, back in San Francisco. It, I, it's, it started off as porn, like the porn industry, like this going into this virtual or, or looking at, uh, or, or isolating us into our lives where we are now just, focused on on uh, on self-stimulation by ourselves and and then it's like this industry with the streaming services that has then gained momentum and that also has another billion dollar industry and just my experience here they're the treating workers like 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 these just the 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 the, the needs for people uh like their avatars or like they're just some like dolls that they could just use for interactive to be interactive with the users on the other side. And, uh, and they, they, they go through these like 12 hour shifts and then they have to sleep at the studio and then they work again. And then if they have to like these experiences that I've been hearing from folks, uh, here, uh, just, the abuse that they receive from the from 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 the monitors and the abuse from the people owning the studios and the abuse from the users, uh, and then having to still make lots of money to be able to uh, serve the users, uh, it just to me it's like my goodness I I don't I don't I don't I I don't have that level of I've never experienced that level of um, like having thousands of users watch you like on a television, like you're like one man, a one woman show to be able to deal with that many users and the critics and the, and the comments that happen. So if I was to be on a television show already, I feel nervous when I'm like on what's left, right? Imagine having thousands and thousands of people like watching you virtually and you having to perform for lots of them and you have to strip down and then still have sex with another person, like a colleague of yours, if that's what's requested of you, or if you're being made to humiliate yourself. So some people, for example, experience like burning wax on themselves or having to vomit or having to make themselves bleed or having to uh, do something really kinky or, 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 or tie themselves upside down and stay there for like 30 minutes. Like these are some of the things that people are asking or requesting. So I, um, I know people's minds can wander way far. And then if you're not able to meet those needs, that's why these virtual like reality things are supposedly able to meet those those fetishes but it's all just in the world of um, the change of sex like this evolution of how this industry is working and as uh, Jessica was asking in one of her questions before like how has it changed since it's like it's changed to the point where now we're stuck with our screens stuck to our faces and we're having to self-stimulate six times a day some people do that and then suddenly you have no no desire or you don't have any way to like meet your partner's needs or be with another person like these things affect you in your psyche like they really do there's a whole like mental health section around like how pornography is really affecting a lot of people in their in their psyche so uh i don't know I, i'm mentioning this because it's another aspect of uh remote sex and it's an it's an area where i'm i'm constantly concentrated on because i'm here in colombia currently and uh and and I'm obviously being shared these stories with me. And I just thought I'd, 
I just, you know, comment on it as we're talking about uh, sex tech and the evolutionizing uh, industry of sex work as well. Um, I don't know. And that's just something I wanted to mention quickly in, uh, as we're discussing this topic. Yeah, I mean, so I think that was, I've been thinking about some of the dangers that you highlighted for people you know in Colombia. That is, that would be true for, for, it's not a safer medium, right? Because the other end, the, on the other end, the other end user, you had talked about how that other end user could use all sorts of mechanisms to go find that person and things like that. And, and so it revealed to me that, that it just changed the danger. It changed the nature of the danger in terms of the, the person who is what we would call the prostitute in one case or the person who's using those services in between those, in that transaction. And that was the sense of the danger. Um, model uh, and user. Model and user. Mo yeah, model and user. Um, but I think, person and John, either one. <laughs> but the thing that I think is lost in all this, that I, again, I feel like I have to come back to, is that now that has changed. It's like we we had this title of the of the episode one that you had, Eduardo, was the greatest, the the most dangerous virus is the state, because now we're talking about not the model and the user. Now we're talking about a road that connects them. And in that road is a data road. But who controls that road? Who watches that road? Whose road is that? That's not my road. That's not your roommate's road. That's not the user's road. That's the state's road. And the state gets to know exactly who's walking that road, who provided one picture, who's watching those pictures, and the state gets to decide how they're going to use that. Now, before we even talk about this, WikiLeaks revealed Vault 7, right? Vault 7 was how the CIA will fucking plant shit on you. And, and fuck your life up. They'll put shit on your computer and make, make your life a, a, a hell if you decide to do something. Well, what does this mean? What this means is now the estate has every single transaction. Because it's very interesting that all the questions that people, that the woman was asked, no one asked about privacy. I don't think they didn't ask about privacy because they didn't think about privacy. It was assumed it didn't exist. In the back of their mind, they already know it's gone. I don't, I, that's how I look at it. And this, what we have created is literally a giant trap that it's like um, my, my mom's property. There are these giant traps for flies to fall into and they, and they fly in so they don't go on the horses. The state and corporations have produced a giant data trap that all of us are now funneling into that th they can actually use our real actions to control us, to blackmail us, to bribe us. We all become essentially Jeffrey Epstein's bitch in one way or another. But now it's like, well, you better watch what you do, let alone the fact that even if you do keep off all those sites, you've got Vault 7 and the CIA can plant the shit on you. But this just means that they, they have it all now. They have everything they need to say, if you get out of line, we already know everything you've done. Now, that's not the reason for it. I still believe the reason for it is because they are trying to simulate human activity. They are trying to, to create better AI. They are trying to essentially and maximize profits and maximize the position of their own imperial powers, China, RE, China, Russia versus US. That's what I feel this comes down to. And whoever can develop their porn industry fastest is much more likely to be able to get to sink the, the ships off the, in the Pacific. So whoever has the most thriving porn industry will be better at, shink, at sinking the aircraft carriers with the AI that they develop by virtue of it. That's how people have to understand this stuff.
Yeah, I mean, and it follows straight from like the way that military prostitution and just armies in general, right, have like completely fueled the industrialization of the sex industry. Yeah, and the last thing, because it's not a throwaway. Every one of these technologies that we talk about wasn't built by the porn industry. It wasn't built by education. They're all military shit. It's all military tech. Sorry, go ahead, Jessica. No, no, it's fine. I just, um, yeah, like since you like bringing up Epstein and all of that, and it's like, and yet Hunter Biden can have all of this child porn on his computer and no one fucking cares, right? Um, anyway, that was kind of a side note, but I just wanted to bring up um, like the thing about data and privacy, which like they pretty much tell you right out. Like I was looking at the, what is it called? Um, the zero play state play space that you sent the website, the like, um, well, I'll just read the description of it on their website. So this is something Eduardo had shared with us in preparation for this website. Vero Playspace aims to create safe, exploratory, virtual experiences where touch is encouraged, playfulness is required, and privacy is guaranteed. So it's like right in their mission statement, right? Like this idea that like you can have privacy through the portal of this app on your iPhone or whatever, right? Um, it's total double speed. Even like the part about touch is encouraged, right? They say, I think, uh, uh, touch is encouraged, uh, feel, it, feel what makes us human, feel a part of what makes us human. So it's like just such double speak, right? It's like up is down, where's peace, and AI and robots are what make us human, and apps on our iPhone are what is going to give us safe privacy guaranteed. It's just insane. insane. I just want to connect those things in terms of um, when we had that episode of uh, with about Jeffrey Epstein, I think, and we talked about how um, you know organizations like the CIA or FBI. And you know these institutions we know very well about. You know they they use the sexual proclivities of the rich and powerful to wield power, right? Um, that's one element. And so here we have the infrastructure uh, for that same tactic to be used against anyone who dares to dissent. You know from any official state. You know, um, and, and and honestly, like you said, Lipson, it doesn't even matter if it's true or not because they can just plant some shit. And, um, you know, and, and like the, the sense of reality is getting more, more and more distorted. I, I think people think it's freedom on the contrary. Our sense of, of the world, I think is very distorted. You know, people who live in the US now are, have a less sense of the world than before, in, even though we claim that this is a global fucking, you know, uh, that technology gives us a, opens the windows to the world. I actually think it's the opposite. Um, and, and not only that, but like I wanted to also bring up this article about that I saw through Jimmy Dore, but it's by Meat Press. Uh, the title of the article is Meet the CIA Agents Deciding Facebook's Content Policy. And so that shit is riddled with like, you know, a bunch of people from the state apparatus um, that are, you know, um, Again, the, the government doesn't have to directly do what stereotypical dictators do in other countries, right? Like, 
will cancel the you know the fucking press will will send these people to jail you know and, and that is that is where we're heading right like now now that you said Lipson, we have this road that has been created now someone is going to manage access and flow through that and uh, and also obviously surveil in 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 the name of safety, in the name of privacy, uh, they're gonna use that to wield power. And, and, and again, our, our private, the most private of things that most people hold, right? Because it's even a taboo for a reason, I think. Uh, this, you know, our sexual habits uh, now are completely exposed. And, and, and then like, in that, that same woman from whatever her name is, Cole, her last name, right? Oh yeah, that we need basically rules or whatever, or that we we need to decide or blah 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 bullshit. I've heard that. I also heard that from Facebook. Uh, that a dude that was interviewed for this article about the CIA. That she said she said regulation over and over again every time. She said, "Oh, well, this it'll need to be regulated. It'll need to be regulated." And so you know that that sort of like appeals to I think uh, uh, someone with like political naivete, I guess. In the sense of it doesn't matter once the technology is created, the legal framework doesn't fucking matter. You know, that's why the ACLU is another liberal bullshit that like just paints this idea of safety and control of citizenship uh, because it doesn't matter. Just like they, you know, they can use uh, the databases of license plates to find undocumented workers. They don't have to use that to mount a case, but they will definitely use that shit to find your ass. (laughs) You know, like they don't have to legal use everything legally in order to be used you know and, and then uh drone your ass or, or cancel your your cryptocurrency or, or you know or 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 uh unallow you to access certain spaces or leave the country leave the city uh, or or use that scooter that needs a qr code or use that uh, car that you're gonna rent you know in, in or access that store that where you have to use your iphone to pay because uh, you know, cash is you know, there's no coins anymore. You can't even use coins, uh, and so again, it's all, all these things are connected. Their implications are massive, uh, and I don't see a separation from the other topics that we've talked about. You know, it's still data, it's still surveillance, it's still control, and this is in the context of the biggest transfer of wealth in the history of humanity that is still going on. You know, that we've talked about NAFTA, we talked about with Alison about indigenous people, we talked about African slaves, right? And the pattern here that we've talked about too is that in order to implement, force people to be part of a new system, you have to immiserate people. You have to dispossess people in order to be part of new systems. And so all these things are in play and this is just another angle, right? That I think we're exploring in terms of this whole fourth industrial revolution uh, bullshit that is happening and moving forward pretty steadily and it has accelerated through the last couple of years. I mean, I don't have much to say except that if people don't think that this is real, I'll just mention a few of the companies that are doing this stuff so that people can realize like, this is not something we're just like talking about like, oh, the future is there. Like, like what's happening here? And I appreciate, Andy, when I said to you over the phone, I said to you, you know, have you seen that Black Mirror episode? And you said, oh, well, that's that's a show. But I'm asking, like, what real stuff can you give us that's happening, like real world stuff? And I thought about that question. And so that's why I made this list. 
So these are real life examples of companies designing sex tech. Like we're heading there. So Teledil uh Dill Didonics, which connect you with a partner, a lover, anyone to have remote sex. There's Harmony AI. People look up this stuff. Like I'm just mentioning these companies' names. I'll just give you a brief description and then you can look into it further. There are going to be sites that you can just Google this stuff. No, Harmony AI, the first sex capable AI that has 12 different personality types. And apparently, as Byroni has said, that she, she or he could also give you uh, poetry, like to recite poetry to you. Gatebox AI, which Kenny had brought up, the holographic AI, which if you want to YouTube that and see what uh, that virtual girlfriend is like similar to Alexa and Google Home and Amazon Echo, but way more interactive. And they're making a US American version of it. Then there's Mend and AI Chatbox, Chatbot, which helps you get through a heartbreak and monitors your heart and checks in on you uh, to see how you're doing. There's BM, B I E M, it's a virtual sexual health clinic where you can uh, uh, post your STI and share with partners that you're being with. I mean, I think that's more of control about and, and, and more about invasion of your privacy. Then there's Second Life and Red Light Center that let people create avatars and have sex with other avatars. And you can be like all these animals. Uh, Biohacker uh, originally invented this, this, uh, this vibrating penis called the Lovetron 9000. And it's an implant that you can insert beneath a man's pubic bone. Uh, I don't know. I think that's going to really affect people's way of having sex and it's always this enhancement right it's like it reminds me of the way that we're trying to enhance people's intelligence uh, uh then there's real doll company another uh doll company that is working to download human consciousness onto them and hmm. people will be able to design their own sex bots based on their partners or celebrities which similar to what you were talking about doppelhanger andy also i imagine if you break up with someone and i'm glad you brought that up i was just talking about dolls in general when you brought that up but yes I mean, how weird and freaky is that? You can't get over someone. You're just going to create a replica of them, right? Then there's virtual sexology. Supposedly, this is the, the, the virtual reality to help people with sex ed because according to Byroni, people have had uh, shitty sex education in school. So why don't you immerse you know, teenagers into a virtual reality simulation and have them have sex so that they can learn about sex? So have artificial or virtual sex so that you can be better at sex. Uh, then there's OMG Yes, which is virtual touchscreen technology teaching women how to have how to orgasm and for their partners. I mentioned in the first uh, one of our the part one of our this series, which has to do with my experience. I just said that in I had gone to Santa Cruz where I had learned about and that was more interactive people life experiences, women-led uh, workshops and talking about orgasms and the women's vagina and the anatomy of that. I think those are the kind of things we should be having instead of having this virtual touchscreen technology teaching women how to have orgasm. And this is also data collection, by the way. That OMG, yes, collects data on people, on women. And that's how they have those stats and everything. So I just, I wanted to mention those examples. If anyone doubts oh, it's too far into the future, or it's, we're just talking, you're talking about Black Mirror episodes, those are sci-fi shows, what are you talking about? No, this stuff is happening. So I agree that, yes, this is mostly motivated by the military, and this is a Trojan horse for many people who are going to be doing these innovative technologies 
that are only going to serve the government for more cynical things. So we would be kidding ourselves that these are going to solve our sexual issues. Uh, that's what I really have found this to be. And, and having been a sex worker, I'll just say the sexual issues that most people have, I've realized have come along, have been a lot, a lot around our stigma and a lot around our insecurities and also this sort of ideal way of what men should be like or women should be like. And I mean, that's part of it. And it's not the whole thing, but it really is a change in our culture that we have to deal with and the roots of our psyche and our psychology. And also people have had a lot of trauma, traumatic experiences. Mental health is important and we're not going to deal with it through sex tech. So I guess that's it for me. I, I don't have any other comments around this. I, we've kind of made these episodes now two hours when we used to fight for 20 minutes and now they become 40 minutes and then one hour. And then after that, one hour and 10. And then our longest episode, one hour and 30. And then after that, two hours. So I hope that eventually we get back to one hour. But that's where I'll we invited Allison on and it was like four hours. And the, right, right. Oh, I'm just kidding. So. <laughs> I have a more of a like rhetorical question, which is like, you know, first of all, I think the best capitalists are in the business of addiction. Um, and second, um, given that fact, at least for me, um, how much time are we going to spend connected to to all these technologies, right, and these different aspects of our lives? And so, how much time are we going to have to? really spend with nature, with people, with in physical spaces, right? It's like, um, because it, 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 it's, it's, it, we're set up with so many traps, you know, like to, to keep us in, in you know, and, I, and this is why I worry about those kids, right? That, you know, like from school, you know, like they're, they're starting to, and then of course they're gonna have a PlayStation and the PlayStation has a VR set, you know, and, and the VR said, you know, you can access, you know, again, pornography and whatever. And, but again, it's, it's just in, in work is going to be, you know, remote, you know, uh, more and more. Uh, and, and so, and, and there we go. Like, how far fetched is to think that that is not the movie, The Matrix, <laughs> you know? Uh, and it, it's just a scary thought, you know? And once you put all these pieces together and, you know, like I know I'll, uh, I'll have some awareness right of this, and, and it's still I'm still using some of these. You know, the phone, the iPhone, <laughs> uh, or obsessively reading some shit. Uh, you know, even if it is to fight the system, you know, I'm still hooked on the phone. Uh, and and so then again, I worry about the next generation, and um, I don't know. It's just it's just a, a sad prospect and. I guess I, I still try to value the moments of real interaction and real intimacy, you know, of all sorts, uh, you know, with, with people in, in real spaces, you know, in the real world. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I just hope that, you know, other people see that and especially the young ones, you know, uh, and I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's so disheartening. Kenny, our generation, the millennial generation and, and younger generation are having 
I, I saw a statistic. They're having this is real. Having less physical intercourse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Having less physical intercourse. They, and it's true. Like I spend most of my days with eighteen and twenty-two year olds, and like they're not having sex. And I'm not saying like, oh, everybody should just be having sex nonstop, and like, yes, consent, all of that. But like, I mean, it's not <laughs> unrelated. I mean, it's like I wonder how much is that the the pleasure overload, not just of porn, not just of that, but like video games and all this shit that the Instagram, the feed on your, you know, giving you bits of gratification all day. The TikTok, fast paced, just, yeah. you know. And- I read one of the, I think it was in a written interview with the Australian robot lady who none of us seem to be able to remember her name. Um, and one of the questions on there, they said, are you working on any exciting new projects? And she replied, yes, we are releasing soon a new app for couples called the Wheel of Foreplay. It is basically a game to get couples to use technology in the best possible way where they can play games, put the phone down, and engage with each other. So you need an app in order to put your phone down. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm going to say something maybe a little controversial here because it used to be in the left, and maybe Jessica, you might have heard this. There was a kind of a moment at a time, and we've always said the the, the the youth are our future. That's kind of a giveaway or a throwaway thing. But in the in the progressive movements, the left was often very much like, "What are young people doing? Oh, young people are fight coming up back to fight this." And in that, there was often this sense of hope and optimism because, in a sense, it was saying people who are older are done. This is not going to be fought by an older generation. This is going to be fought by a younger generation. Um, it wasn't true then because the younger people were, I felt like they were easy, they were easily suckered and drawn into the Democratic Party. That's my feeling about it. Um, and it's le- I personally think it's less true now. Like, I think the young are done. I think they are caught. They are trapped. They are drugged. They are vaccinated. Um, and if we think the young are going to get us out of this, we're fucked. Because it is up to people who actually know that there's a different way that there is a different time and that other time was fucked but at least we understood the thing you're talking about Kenny which is we have to get back to this thing that they've destroyed uh touch feel taste smell and not through the virtual world but in the actual real world um and i i don't think young people i think young people have already they're masking up they've already kind of by and large bought into it and i i was thinking of trying to find it right here like if i if I show people in my class this this thing right here, I don't. I go, let me see if I can find. It. Hold on, sorry. This was because I see it on the fucking highway all the time. Not here. This. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I show people in my class this thing, this this says privacy, the iPhone, and this picture we've all seen on the on the highway, and I go, is this privacy? I could. I, if I even said to them, this actually shows you this is not privacy. I don't think any of my students would be able to tell me why this is not privacy because what they think privacy is, is the fact that since we can't see the person on their side, that person has privacy, but what is between them? There's a fucking phone. There's a phone right now, basically turning that person's entire face into triangles and mapping the whole goddamn thing. And that is the opposite of privacy. So what they've been able to do, they are so confident they've got us fucked and, and hooked, line and sinkered into this, that they can put a, they can put this picture up in front of our face and call it and tell us this is privacy saying we're mapping every goddamn thing you're doing and we're going to call that privacy. So 
I, I don't think the youth are like, at least I'll just call it into terms of a blue state Bay area. The youth are not the answer here. They're done. They're cooked. And it's going to be people, older people, people who are, who know a different way are going to have to figure it out and try to lead those folks out because the, the young people have already been pied pipered out of the city. Yeah. And I just want to add to that, that like, it's not, not necessarily the youth's fault. I mean, they no. have been, in my opinion, the primary target, like capture of the youth has been uh, ingenious uh, primary goal. Like when it comes to climate agenda, sexual exploitation, like all of it, psychological manipulation, you know, I mean, they don't care about like 80 year olds. Clearly they just shoved them all into nursing homes and let them die. Right. During COVID. Yeah. And I want to be clear that that's not their fault. It is ours. The one person who went up there, who tried who gave this fawning question to Bronolin and Cole, the Australian woman. Did you notice the only person who was like, tell me how I could find out more. What was her goddamn job? She was a teacher. She was like, how do I find out more about this? I was like, you motherfucker. It was like, Thank you very much. Uh, I'm so thankful that you brought this topic here. I'm a teacher, so I find sex education one of the most important things. So mine is more of a request than a question because I wanted to come in person to ask you about all the sex ad um, availabilities, websites and things like that. But and I thought that it might not be interesting only for me, but for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So my request would be that can we put it somewhere um, the web page of the brain bar or, or, or somewhere available for us so that we as teachers, parents or anybody could use in, in sexual education. Uh, it's, it's, it's embarrassing, but the, 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 the students, the young people are not responsible for this. We created this problem. We who should have been doing better created this problem. And I personally think we're the only way out. I wanted to add one thing. This is a little bit of a departure, but I think it relates. Um, this is back on the Vero play, st play space thing that Eduardo had sent. And this was kind of, I think Kenny said something a few comments ago about, correct me if I don't get this right, Kenny, but I think you said something about the, like the normalization and the industrial efforts to, to kind of like normalize ruling class sexual proclivities or something like that i don't know if you're I, I was talking about the cia using the sexual proclivities of people to manipulate the rich and powerful got it got it got it um because i just i mean i was just taking a really surface level look at this example right of like one of these companies one of these is it an app eduardo or i don't even know it's a it's a play space a virtual play space whatever that means um, that can be enhanced through these virtual goggles if you have them. But I mean, you right, can, and it can hook up to all these different devices and haptic. And oh my goodness! Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say something else. Go ahead. Well, I'll be brief, but I just like I just went to like they have an, a section called experiences, and they give you kind of like a preview of some of the avatars that that you can interact with, right? Um, and the first one on there. Uh, okay, so the name is Emmy Chains of Fate. Okay, and you can play, I guess you can be this avatar, or you can interact with this avatar, and you can do it male or female. And this is the description. Emmy is a vampire girl from Siberia. 
She's the dead daughter of an infamous mad scientist who secretly returned her to her to life via experimental tech. It worked, but now she needs to consume blood to survive and live alone in the darkness, away from sunlight. She likes video games, raves, and lewd, kinky orgies to thrive and feel alive. I know it's like, it's it's so ridiculous, but I mean, think about what that just is the first avatar on there, right? It's straight up necrophilia, right? It's transhumanist, right? She's the product of a mad scientist. Oh, what brought her back to life from the dead? Tech, right? Like, it's just like too perfect. Drinking blood. I mean, and I don't want to get into all this sort of like crazy ritualistic allegations against many, many, many members of the ruling class. But I mean, come on. Yeah. I wanted to add one more thing that you know, like, okay, we're talking about these technologies produced for, you know, uh, sexual activities, right? Uh, and if you, th I, 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 if you think that you're safe because you're not buying this technology, you're buying that up, you know, that your, your private sexual life is safe, you're wrong because they can literally listen to your shit like people suspect this but it's actually true like facebook has a patent for fucking using you know your tv or the room or like listening to your fucking commercials whatever listening to your life like through your phone even when your microphone is turned off they can use the fucking gyroscope to to use it as a microphone the fucking Roomba in the room, they can also use the sensor of the Roomba as a microphone and it can be translated in, into into uh audio you know, so there is, this is one aspect of the masses, you know, the, the shit that they use to surveil us. It's not just the fucking phone, you know, it's every technology that we have nowadays, you know, the internet of things, right? You know, any of those things can be weaponized to capture, you know, our private moments, our private life, you know? And so even if we don't have a fucking iPhone, if you have a Roomba or some sort of sensor that, that tracks your part of your life you know any of that can be weaponized for anything you know in collect your shit and so it, it's not just about the sex industry or the telehealth you know it, it's about a bunch of things and 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 i think you know you're right you know it's a responsibility not just for definitely not the young you know not i mean they i think they will play a role they they will have to they're in the game too but Yes, you know, the people who, who know the world from before, you know, we, I think we have a responsibility and, and you know, like, um, we can't just check out and, you know, disappear, you know, um, or make our own community and fuck everyone else. I mean, you can, you know, whatever, but I don't know. I, I think that there is something there for us to do. and. I don't know what it is, but fuck, you know, speaking out is the beginning, I guess. Well, and even just like not, it's not just escaping it technologically, but culturally as well. I mean, even without all of this crazy augmented shit, like try being a 25 year old woman who wants to find a partner who doesn't watch porn. 
I know women in this situation and they say it's like it feels impossible and like yeah okay to some people it's like well everybody does it or whatever but like if that's you know kind of like Eduardo was saying earlier like it's not just fantasy like there's not this like super concrete line like this stuff affects people's psychology it affects their relationships their the way that they relate to other human beings even outside of sexual and romantic relationships like right down to just like your physiology like it it affects people and so yeah I feel really scared for the young people coming up I mean I think that intimacy is the key here (laughs) you know like having intimacy with people in community I think that's that's the only you know like I, I remember talking about going to bury my cousin in Canada and the and the kids you know at the wake or whatever they were on their iPads creating avatars of themselves and then uh, my partner she took it upon herself to go play with them and get them off the fucking iPad you know and and in and, and like build things and jump over things you know and and I think that's what it's gonna take you know like show people kids. And young ones, other ways of connecting and, and finding joy and or just being human, you know, like even being vulnerable, like, you know, uh, in person and, and teaching them that courage, you know, to 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 be a multidimensional person, you know, in, in real life. People who can relate to other humans and also who have who are willing to be in nature and seek that out because one thing I've noticed like when I do teach like some women's studies and like feminist literature classes and the students who know the most about sex just like physio- physiologically uh like sex and birth and everything in that realm you know who they are they're the students that grew up on farms because they've seen animals, like they've seen animals give birth and they understand pollination of crops and all of this, right? Like it's, it's, it's everywhere. Um, so I think that's, that's a huge part of it too. It's like being in relation to other humans and being in relationship to nature. One thing I would want to note is I've noticed that this episode, there, there's so many bad shit we've covered so much. You know, we've talked about Ukraine and Russia. We've talked about what's going on in education. We've talked about it's happening in medicine and COVID frustrates the fuck out of me. But honestly, this stuff, Eduardo, that you asked us to go into, it's been the most upsetting one to me. Like, I don't know why, but this one has gotten under my skin the most as a sense of how deep the parasite has gotten into the organism um, and uh, created a lot of fear for me because what feels at stake, in a way, I think it's gotten me to feel that what's at stake is honesty, what's at stake is intimacy, what's at stake is vulnerability, and what's at stake is love and connection. And like, oh, it, this feels like the, the hypersonic missile launched by them to just blow that shit up. Um, and, you know, I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm like, I'm not gonna stop doing it, but I feel like Kenny, like it feels very menacing and very already in, deep in on the organism. Keep teaching at the park, Lipson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I am, I'm glad we covered it. Um, it's just interesting that an area that I don't actually know that much about is the one that I find that's personally upset, upsetting me the most about all this. Yeah. And before we ended, just to harken back to something that really stuck out to me that I remember from 
our part one episode when Eduardo was showing was sharing his story and I just remember one of the things that you said when you talked about like going into these experiences like you said um I'm not very good at being robotic with people and I just yeah I'm not saying like <laughs> not endorsing like prostituting people or whatever but I think like that's like that's it like in a nutshell we oh, shouldn't yeah. be robotic with each other exactly there's an aspect of this work I do believe should exist like sexual surrogacy which I it's another topic to delve into but you know there are people who are not able to have sexual experiences just because people are not attracted to them and you can have maybe some workers that are going to be able to do this kind of work and that has to be not in the way that it is now where it's underground i think it's more of like community based but um like folks in santa cruz discussing workshops and talking to people and sharing ideas and getting together and meeting up and having the ceremonies and etc but anyhow we're we'll delving too much we're going off topic so i think we should we should wrap up well all right so that concludes uh the series of uh the sex industry and and sex tech and i hope people enjoyed it and uh it really wasn't my idea it was sort of like kind of sprung out because we discussed my time here in colombia and so obviously like it kind of kind of happened this organically but i didn't think we we're going to have a series of, of, of parts like this but it became too long of an episode and we had it this way so thank you for joining this discussion anyone that has listened this far and if you have reached this far congratulations for listening to more than two hours of episode <laughs> someone messaged me and they said i finally finished the entire episode thank you so much for sharing on that and i was thinking oh god you shouldn't have <laughs> Put it in five speed. Yeah, you can or do what I do, two speed. Oh, that's too much. That's robot level. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that does it for this week's episode. Uh, What's left is a weekly political podcast, slash channel challenge in the mainstream left. We're going to change that in the future. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes where we found this episode or on our blog at what s left.webnote.com. You can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notification to any of our platforms on <clears throat> Spotify, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. And if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. Uh, you can find any of those links uh, that I have mentioned where we found this episode. I'm Eduardo Barque with co-hosts Jessica, Kenny Cepeda, Andy Lipson. Thank you very much. Uh, and you can always write to any of us on our on our, on our handles at, at Don Eduardo Barca or at ZepDKE. Uh, that's uh, Kenny's Instagram. And I don't know if you want to share yours, Jess, or if you even have one. I don't think you do. I have a Twitter. It's jhomie89. J-H-O-L-M-I-E 89. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you. And we'll catch you next time. Ciao.